Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in. Fans, we have a great show for you today. It was not quite as glorious of a Sunday as it was a Saturday on the organizational sweep, but it still was a fantastic day. The Dodgers, they finished off the sweep against the Padres. Triple A Oklahoma City won. The three teams below that, Double A Tulsa, High A Great Lakes, and Single A Rancho Cucamonga. They all lost, so in the organization you went two and three, but the two wins you'd like to have are at the top, and certainly the one win you always want to have is with L.A., and they beat the Padres and finished off that sweep, so it was a really good Sunday afternoon, and we have a lot of great action to get to in today's show, but before we dive into all that, just a reminder, fans, we now have a Dodgers Daily GoFundMe account. Just scroll down to the description, the link to that GoFundMe account. It's in the description. Just click that link. It'll take you right to the Dodgers Daily GoFundMe account where you can help Dodgers Daily by donating. Also, if you uh, like this video and if you like this kind of content, go ahead and click that like button, leave a comment, tell all your friends about Dodgers Daily, become a subscriber, and then after you subscribe, click that notification bell. Turn on your notifications. That way, every time Dodgers Daily releases a new video, you'll be notified. You won't miss a thing. Dodgers Daily will keep growing, and we can keep doing what we love to do, which is providing videos and content like this in the future. Okay, it was a sweep for the Dodgers. They have now won five in a row against the Padres. They now have a three-game lead in the NOS. They lead the Padres by seven games. So it was a great weekend of baseball for the Dodgers and as a Dodgers fan. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it, and let's talk Dodgers baseball. So the Dodgers have won five games overall. They've won five in a row against the Padres and now have a seven-game lead, as I said just a minute ago, against San Diego, three overall in the NOS, three over Arizona. Okay, they have also won six out of their last seven, and they have also won 13 of their last 15 games. So the Dodgers have been playing just absolutely fantastic baseball. We're going to dive into some of the reasons why the bullpen has been simply uh, simply fantastic. The offense has been doing just enough. They have slugged enough. They have scored just enough runs. Starting pitching has been good. Tony Gonsolin was fantastic today. He has been really good since he returned. So there's a lot to dive into as far as some of the reasons why the Dodgers, again, have won five in a row overall, five in a row against the Padres, six of seven and 13 of 15 overall. What a streak it's been. And now you have the Minnesota Twins coming up at home. If you can win two out of three with that, then you can move that to 15 out of 18. Then if you sweep the Cardinals like you did last time, that would be 18 out of 21. What a streak that would be. You might have a 5-6 game lead in the NOS. You might be up as many as 7, 8, 9, 10 games against the Padres. How fun would that be? And we've talked about Hey, the Padres, they have two good of players. At some point, they're going to get hot. So when they do, you want to have that cushion, something the Dodgers have already built against them. Okay, so let's dive into this thing. The Padres, first of all, it's kind of fun, you know, we, we kind of bellyache and moan as Dodgers fans because the Dodgers get so many guys on base, they walk a lot. And then, you know, so the, one of the big parts of the formula to the Dodgers is drawing walks and getting on base. So when you do hit the home runs, they're not solo home runs. They're two-run shots or like we saw on Saturday, the three-run shot by J.D. Martinez. 
And so the Dodgers get a lot of guys on base. And so, you know, it just seems like the Dodgers are the world's worst at at driving those runs in with runners in scoring position. But how about this? The Padres actually are the worst team in the major leagues in hitting with runners in scoring position. They're right around 200 as a club. So it's kind of fun to play a club that's not as good as you at hitting with runners in scoring position, then doesn't get as many runners on base, then doesn't slug as well as you do. So from an offensive perspective, the Dodgers get more guys on base. They're better at hitting with runners in scoring position, and they slug better. That's why the Dodgers have played just good enough offense and just better enough offense than the Padres to win five in a row and take a commanding seven-game lead lead over San Diego in the division so far. Three over, like we said earlier, Arizona. Okay, San Diego also has the lowest team batting average in the National League. And a lot of that, I will say, just you know, just looking, I haven't seen a lot of the Padres games. I've seen them play the Dodgers. But I'll tell you what, I said it yesterday, they're absolutely front runners. When this team gets down to me, the Padres, you know, they have a bunch of, of what I would consider to be prima donnas, guys that, hey, when things are going great, they like to show things off. When they get punched back in the mouth and then they get challenged and things aren't going their way, then, you know, there's a lot of, I won't say lack of hustle, but it seems like there is some, you know, they like to shift blame and they would rather blame somebody else than just kind of dig in and get gritty, which being gritty is one of the elements that the Dodgers really look for in their players. Okay, so when the Padres get ahead in games, they're 15-6, and six, but when they get behind, they have a sub-500 record. So at least from what I saw, when the Dodgers got behind in games and they realized that, the, that no matter what they did, the Dodgers were always going to fight back and punch them back. You know, I saw a little bit of that, uh, well, let's just kind of get this over type mentality from the Padres, just my opinion. So I think they give it bats away in those situations, and that is why, although they have such talented players on their team, they went and got so many great players through free agency. You know, over the years, they've gotten Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto, and all these guys. Although they have all these super talented guys, they have the lowest batting average in the major leagues, and that is, in my opinion, because they give away too many at-bats, and they give away too many at-bats because when they get behind, instead of getting gritty, I think they you know, kind of go into just, hey, we're going to lose another game-type mode that we saw with the Dodgers over the weekend. Just my opinion. And, you know, that could turn around at any moment. Again, the Padres are ultra-talented. Like I said earlier, they're going to get hot at some point. More than likely, those numbers are probably going to turn around maybe substantially. So when they do, you want to have that cushion against San Diego. And I'll tell you this, too. We saw it last year. San Diego is such a talented team. They're not the type of team you want to see in a short playoff series because typically speaking, the analytics don't work as well in a short burst. They work more over the long haul and giving you the best odds over a long period of time. Whenever you get into a short series, man, the team that has, you know, the dudes, the, the, the more amount of dudes on their team that can take games over and win games by themselves. Of course, the, the Dodgers have plenty of those guys of their own, but, but San Diego has plenty of guys that can just go off in a series and basically win it by themselves. So, hey, they will be, a, you know, they will certainly probably, you would have to think they will get things rectified. They will be a force down the stretch, make the playoffs, and then be a, a tough out in the playoffs. You would think that would have to be the path for the Dodge, uh, for the Padres, but we will see. Okay, so the offense for the Dodgers. 
Two more runs today with runners in scoring position. The Dodgers now have 88 runs on the year that they have scored with two outs. That leads the National League. That is absolutely demoralizing to pitchers. I've said it before. When you feel like you're almost off the hook, and then all of a sudden, bam, the Dodgers hit a home run. They do something to score with two outs, and it's just like a gut punch. It's a punch to your gut, and it's really demoralizing for the other team, and it really creates momentum for the Dodgers dugout. And how about today? You know, we talked about the Dodgers the last two games had been two for eight with runners in scoring position. Today, they were two for four. So make that, what is that, eight, 16, 20. They are now eight for the last 20. Or Yeah, that would be uh, six for the last 20 with runners in scoring position. That's what they were over the weekend against the Padres. And I think, you know, hey, that's pretty close to that one-third, which is a fantastic mark. So I think the Dodgers at any particular point, you know, the way that they slug, the way that they get so many guys on base by grinding pitch counts and walking, If the Dodgers can go 6-for-20 with runners in scoring position, watch out. This is going to be an offense that will be tough to stop. Although, you know, the offense didn't score a million runs this weekend, but the team, like I've said, you know, on many, many shows, did just what it needed to do to win games, just finding ways to win games. Okay, Mookie Betts, he hit a home run today. You know, this past week, he's hit a home run in exactly every other game. You know, and that's four games or four home runs in total that he has hit home runs in. Total of four, you know, this past week, five overall for the month of May. So Mookie Betts has been playing very good offense, especially from the slugging perspective. Uh, And he also has a three-game hit streak, does Mookie Betts. Okay, and he has hits in six of his last seven games. So not only is he slugging, he's also getting base hits, which, you know, that's the complete player. That's the type of player that the Dodgers need from Mookie Betts. And he has 13 RBIs in his 12 games played so far this month of May. So Mookie Betts is hitting home runs. He's driving in runs. He's getting base hits. He's getting on base. He's doing exactly what the Dodgers need him to do from his leadoff spot. And he's playing some shortstop and playing the great outfield as he always does. Okay, so Mookie Betts doing a great job. He certainly has been a catalyst for this Dodgers offense this month in a big part of this resurgence that we've talked about in all these wins, the five in a row, the 13 out of 15 that the Dodgers have won to create this lead in the NOS. So Mookie Betts has been playing very well. Freddie Freeman, how about him? How about him getting a knock, okay, and then Max Muncy walking, and then Miguel Vargas driving them in with a double. That's like the most predictable thing in the history of time because Freddie Freeman has hit over 300 in four of his last five years, seven of his last nine. Max Muncy is fifth in the MLB in walks. He was second in Major League Baseball in walks last year. And Miguel Vargas finished third in the Pacific Coast League at the AAA level last year in doubles. So Freddie Freeman getting a base hit. You know, we talked about all the years that he's hit over 300. Then Max Muncy walking and then getting driven in by Miguel Vargas. That is just who these guys are. That's just, you know, Freddie Freeman getting hits, Muncy walking, Miguel Vargas hitting a double. That is exactly who those guys are. It was fantastic to see that, you know, the teamwork being put together to score those two runs. And, you know, give the Dodgers a lead and get things going and get the the Padres behind the eight ball something is a which is a place that they do not like to be they don't respond well when they don't get the lead like i said they love 
to front run. Okay, how about the pitching? Tony Gonsolin, how good has he been? You know, that splitter has that, it kind of has that change up profile, you know, where it has the tumble and the right turn. Then he has the slider that turns left. And then he has the four seam that's hitting, you know, 95 miles an hour. I tell you what, man, when he's healthy, he's able to get his body in positions to throw strikes. And when he's in position to throw strikes and throwing strikes, that mix of the split turning right and tumbling, the slider turning left, and then the four seam in the mid-90s, you know, riding the top of the zone, that is a fantastic mix. And I'll tell you what, you know, the Dodgers haven't won, you know, all of his games that he's been back. As a matter of fact, I think, you know, they've actually lost more games that he's started in since he's been back you know, with the club this year than they've actually won. But, you know, just the effect of knowing that you have a number four starter that is going to give you such a good outing, it just makes things, everything around it, you know, all the things that orbit around that a lot easier and a lot more settled in and a lot more comfortable. So in my opinion, although, you know, if you don't look at the wins and losses, I think the return of Tony Gonsolin has also been a big factor in you know the 13 to 15, the five in a row that the Dodgers have gone on, because solidifying that number four spot, especially after Pepio got hurt, especially after Michael Grove got hurt, Gavin Stone came up, you know, and and then went back down. Noah Syndergaard, you're not exactly sure what you're going to get him from him with his finger being cut last time out. Of course, he pitches tonight against the Twins, so I think you know. Uh, with Tony Gonsolin coming back and solidifying that four spot and throwing as well as he has. That has been a huge factor in the Dodgers, you know, playing so well as of late. Okay, so what do you think about Tony Gonsolin, his return? Leave a comment right there. Let me know what you think. What do you think about the Dodgers winning 13 out of 15? Do you think the Padres will turn it around and be a playoff team? Do you want to play the Padres in the postseason if you're the Dodgers? Leave comment. Leave me a comment. Leave a comment below. Tell me what you think. Let's talk Dodgers baseball. I could do it every day and twice on Sunday. So Tony Gonsolin, his return has been a big factor, in my opinion, for the Dodgers. He has pitched very, very well. Okay, how about the bullpen? I really, really liked what I saw out of Yancy Almonte. This year, he's gone back the way he always has been. Go to my Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, watch the video from his performance yesterday on Sunday afternoon. Look at the last pitch in that video. Watch the two seam he threw. And I love that mix that he has going right now because that two seam, that has that, you know, he threw it at 97 miles an hour and it has that right turn to it. And then he's throwing what they're listing as a sweeper, but it's a slider. I don't, you know, some of the sweepers are a little bit more horizontal, maybe. But what Yancy Almonte is throwing is not a, anything different. It's just a slider. It's the same slider he threw last year. If you don't believe me, just go watch the video on, on one of the social media platforms that I have. So that, that 97 mile an hour two seam is taking the right turn, and then that slider, sweeper, whatever you want to call it, is turning left, okay? So he has got that split going. You know, we've talked about that so many different times, and that has been so effective for him last year. So kudos to him. Kudos to the Dodgers pitching instruction for pivoting back away from the four seam, kind of like they've done, well, not kind of, but exactly like they've done 
with Dustin May. They've gone against some of the analytics that tell them to ride the zone at the top of four seams, and they've gone back to what guys have strengths with. Dustin May, he has a tremendous two seam. Yancy Almonte has a tremendous two seam. They've gone back to strengths of those two guys. And it has absolutely taken. It has absolutely hit. And because of that, Yinsi Almonte has been absolutely fantastic in the last four or five outings that he's gone on. As a matter of fact, okay, if you check out that 97 mile hour fastball, it's pretty impressive. But Yinsi Almonte has not given up a hit or a run in his last four outings. And his whip this month is just 0-43. And again, in my opinion, that's because he's gone back to throwing that two-seam and that mix of the right turn of the two-seam, left turn of the slider slash sweeper has been fantastic for him. So I'm, I'm just pumped if you can't tell about when, where Yinsi Almonte is at right now. I hope I didn't jinx him. I am a believer in the jinx, you know, whenever I used to broadcast basketball. Never mention how good of a free throw shooter that guy is. So, hey, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Gonna knock on some wood, and then hopefully I didn't jinx Yancy Almonte. I don't think he knows even who I am. Of course, although he's talked to me once, and I don't really care. I don't think he really even cares what I think. So I don't think I jinxed him in that vein. I'm just having a little fun. Victor Gonzalez, how about you know he went on the weight loss program. He's lost all the weight. That slider just looked fantastic for him. He has yet to allow a run in his eight outings. Okay, so Victor Gonzalez has not given up a run in eight outings in the major league since he's been back with Los Angeles Dodgers. You can thank that to, in my opinion, the biggest factor, him losing all the weight in the offseason, rededicating to getting his body to where he needs to be to be able to access the strike zone, and he has absolutely done it. Okay, so, okay, Victor Gonzalez, how good has he been? His whip is 064, his average against is 133, and he has 10 strikeouts to just two walks, okay? So that sinker is really good, too. So there's another guy that the Dodgers have gone back to throwing a sinker, and he's been throwing it at 96 miles an hour, and it gets that good sink, okay? And he has a good slider and a good changeup. And then Justin Brule, you know, that slider cutter, he has a lot of left turn to what he's doing. Not as much right turn, but doesn't need it whenever you're boring in on the back foot of a right-hander or the back door. That slider-cutter combo for Justin Brule is fantastic, and he made quick work of the Padres in the ninth inning. He needed just 16 pitches, and of the 16 pitches he threw, 11 of them were strikes. And if you go to my social media, you can watch him strike out Juan Soto, and you can kind of see Juan Soto just kind of give the at-bat away Kind of what I was talking about earlier. And instead of, you know, just eating it and and buckling down and grinding and just trying to do a job for his team, he went ahead and blamed the umpire. Those are, you know, those are actions and mannerisms of a young man that is frustrated. They're not, I will say this, those aren't winning mannerisms. Those aren't winning actions. But, you know, hey, that's the Padres' problem. That's not the Dodgers' problem. Great job, Justin Brule. You know, and that was just a fantastic sequence. Justin Brule had another great outing for the Dodgers. Okay, Justin Brule, he went scoreless for the sixth time in his seven outings with Los Angeles. So, boy, I tell you what, he has been really, 
really good. He's been on that up and down train. Anytime you're a reliever and you have options, you just know you're going to be on that up and down train. He's done a great job of handling that. And just, hey, just realizing where are my feet at that day, wherever my feet are at that day, that's where I need to put all my concentration towards. And he's done a great job of doing that. Okay, so his ERA, Justin Brule, is down to 117. His whip is 078, and his average against is just 185. And he has eight strikeouts to just one walk. So not only has he been really good, he has also been very efficient, eight strikeouts to just one walk. How about the defense? You know, pitching and defense goes together, zero errors. So the defense over the weekend was really, really good. The Padres did steal two bases, but they were both by Fernando Tatis Jr. They were both with two outs, and the second one came when the Dodgers already had a four-run lead, and they didn't give a rat's ass what Fernando Tatis was doing on the base pass, so they just kind of let him have it. So, hey, if Tatis Jr. wants to pad his stats and put two more stolen bases on the docket, fine. It didn't do anything to further his team's cause to win the game, but it did give him two more stolen bases on his stat sheet. So good for him as far as that goes. But I can tell you the Dodgers were worried about getting the the hitter at home plate, especially after they got the four-run lead, and it absolutely worked. Again, the Dodgers blanked the Padres and won their fifth game in a row against San Diego. Okay, next up, the Dodgers have a three-game series against the Twins. I mentioned it. Hey, you know, let's chunk this thing. Let's try to win two out of three. I said that in the San Diego series. You won three out of three. And, you know, if you ever get in a position to do that, you you get greedy. But, hey, you got to win one at a time. In a three-game series, that first game, a lot of times, is a very pivotal game. The Dodgers have Noah Syndergaard going, at least that's who is scheduled for tomorrow, and he will be taking on Pablo Lopez, who is two and two on the year, three forty-seven ERA, and he is one and two in his last five starts. So tomorrow night, Dodger Stadium, it is Noah Syndergaard for the Dodgers and Pablo Lopez for the Twins. It's time now to transition to all the the good action in the Dodgers system and the minor league level from Sunday. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it and let's take a trip down on the farm. The Oklahoma City Dodgers scored three in the eighth and two in the ninth, and they beat the Round Rock Express to complete the six-game sweep the first time ever. Round Rock has been swept in a six-game series that the minor leagues adopted last season. So the Oklahoma City Dodgers, they moved to 28-11 with a 7-5 victory this afternoon. Michael Bush, who you're seeing right here, had a big day for Triple A Oklahoma City. He had two hits, including his ninth double, and then this third home run of the season that you're seeing on your screen. Mike Bush is hitting 330 on the year. His OPS is 933. So not only does Michael Bush slug, he also hits for average. This young man out of North Carolina can flat hit. I love his hit tool. I really wish the Dodgers would have figured out some way to keep him on the Major League roster. But the thing is, when you have a guy like Michael Bush that might help down the stretch and might need to help in the playoffs, you need to keep him in rhythm. So it's more important, you know, at this point in the season, he got his major league experience. He had the one big at bat, the big hit we saw at the major league level. He needs his three to four at bats every day. You know, what you don't want to do is take him to the major league level and then only play him, you know, and get him maybe four or five at bats a week. And now all of a sudden he's not in rhythm. He might lose his confidence at that point. So, 
You know, hey, I think at this point he needs the four or five at-bats. I wish they were coming at the major league level, but if those four or five at-bats aren't available there, he needs to at least be getting them somewhere. He's getting them with AAA Oklahoma City, taking advantage of them, again, with a double and his third home run this afternoon and the big 7-5 to five win to cap off the six-game series sweep over the Round Rock Express. Devin Mann had two hits and three RBIs for AAA Oklahoma City, and he tied the game in the fifth inning or excuse me, uh, he tied the game at five in the eighth inning with a second home run that you're seeing on your screen here. Man is having a great month of May. I told you he, he has tendencies to get very hot, and when he does, he can absolutely carry teams because he slugs and he hits a million doubles. Matter of fact, he leads the PCL in doubles so far this year. I believe he finished the you know Double A Central. Actually, it was Texas League last year, like in the top five in doubles last year. So Devin Man hits a ton of doubles. Okay, this month he's hit. 333 his OPS is 1031 and he has five extra base hits and 10 RBIs for Triple A Oklahoma City this month and you know it was a really good game to cap it off the Triple A Oklahoma City Dodgers they had nine hits and six RBIs Patrick Mazika had a big hit Ben Deluzio had two big hits including a huge RBI late in the game you're seeing Devin Mann, Michael Bush had a couple of hits. Drew Avens had a big hit. He actually executed a first and third play we're going to see here in a minute to perfection to score the second run to give, you know, the seventh run to give the two-run cushion. So all in all, a good day offensively for the AAA Oklahoma City Dodgers. So here's the series that won the game for AAA Oklahoma City. That's Patrick Mazika. He hits a double down the right field line. Okay, and then Ben Deluzio that you're going to see here in a minute, if we have time to get to it. He singled in Bradley Zimmer, who actually came in as a pinch runner for Patrick Mazika right here. This is Ben Deluzio. Cup, pow, right there to right field. And he scores a pinch hitter, Bradley Zimmer, who is pinch running, or excuse me, pinch runner, not pinch hitter, who is running for Patrick Mazika. He's safe there. That is the 6-5 to five lead. And then what you're going to see is Drew Avens. He actually gets a base hit, and it becomes first and third. Here comes a base hit from Drew Avens right here. I love this young man out of Alabaster, Alabama. Spikes one into right field. That sets it up to be first and third. And then you have the old high school play, the old early steal. Watch this, Drew Avens. He leaves early from first base on purpose to draw a throw, gets in a rundown long enough for the runner at third base to score, and that gives the Oklahoma City Dodgers a 7-5 lead, and to put the cherry on top, they threw the ball away anyways, and Drew Avens was safe. If that's not the most Drew Avens thing I've ever seen, I don't know what is. Wander Suero got the win for AAA Oklahoma City. He moves to 3-0 on the year at the AAA level. Suero threw two scoreless and gave up just one hit. So if Dodgers fans are wondering what happened to Wander Suero, where did he go? Where did that sinker go? All the movement on you know his pitches that have that, that tumble and sink to it. He is with AAA Oklahoma City right now, and he is 3-0 on the year, and he went Two scoreless today and gave up just one hit. You know, Alex Vesia, when he came back down, he threw two-thirds of an inning and gave up five runs in his first appearance back down with AAA Oklahoma City. Well, how about since? You know, I talk about all the time that, you know, guys that come down like him, they're trying to reinvent what's always made him good, made them good. Okay, his last four outings, nothing. He has not given up a single run. Okay, and he has nine strikeouts, just two walks, and he's given up just two hits and no runs. If you want to go to my social media, I have posted almost two minutes long. I have posted every pitch of his outing today, so you can check that out for yourself. 
The AA Tulsa Drillers, they scored two in the third inning, and that was all they could muster. They eventually lost. Hey, They had won five in a row in this series. They were also going for a six-game sweep against the AA affiliates of St. Louis. The Springfield Cardinals, they couldn't quite pull it out on the day. They only had four hits and two runs, only two runs driven in via RBI. Johnny DeLuca had a hit. Carson Taylor, who you're seeing right here, had a hit. And then Brandon Lewis, who we're going to get to here in a minute, had a couple of hits. Nick Nestrini started. He gave up a couple of runs in three innings and had four strikeouts. Tanner Dotson had a one inning, gave up a run. Then Ryan Sublette, John Rooney, Jordan Leisure, who we're all going to get into, came in and had scoreless outings. Sublette went two innings, and so did Jordan Leisure. Okay, so you're seeing right here is Carson Taylor. He singled to extend his hit streak to three games in a row. It moved his batting average to 412, his OPS to 1256 in this month of May. Then you're seeing Brandon Lewis, who had two hits. He hit one to left and one to right. He singled, and then you just saw Johnny DeLuca hit one right back up the box and into center field to score Carson Taylor. That was one of the scoring rallies on the day. Unfortunately, that was just about all the drillers could muster. DeLuca, by the way, is five for his last seven. So I wanted to show you that scoring sequence with Carson Taylor, Brandon Lewis, there is his hit, and then Johnny DeLuca, who spiked one up the middle. I'm just telling you, this young man out of Texas Tech, the Red Raiders, Ryan Sublette, he is so good. I've just said it and said it and said it. Location, change speeds, late movement, late life on his balls. Every pitch he has, whether it be a slider or his fastball, late life, late movement, a unique arm slot. He's a three-quarter slot. Look at that. Although he's three-quarter, watch his hand on this next pitch. He stays behind the ball, so he's still able to ride the ball at the top of the zone just like he does right there. He's also able to get some sink as well as the cut that he gets on his slider. So he has a unique arm action, you know, late movement. He changes speeds. He has great location. I'm just telling you, this young man, Ryan Sublette, who was trained at Texas Tech, he's from the Chicago area, but he was trained at Texas Tech by Matt Gardner, who is one of the best pitching coaches in the world. He is so good. So, hey, buy stock in Ryan Sublette right now. He's gone scoreless in four outings in a row, seven of his last eight, and Sublette has an ERA of just 093 and a whip of 083. Boy, it is absolutely super fun to watch John Rooney release the baseball because he has so much confidence right now. He has so much conviction with the pitches that he's throwing. It is just very satisfying to watch, you know, in that relief role. He just, I love watching young men like John Rooney when they're confident like that. I, I put that on my, on my post as far as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook goes, and he responded back, yeah, hey, watch this one that he takes off the ankle. He said, that hurts pretty bad. So I, I posted back, well, good thing they make him really tough at Scattacoke, New York, you know, up there in the New York area, which is where he is from. John Rooney, Scattacoke, he went to Hostra the same way that Dylan Neshotka did, the hitting coach at Rancho Cucamonga, and the same way that Austin Gothier, the young man who is so hot for Great Lakes, they all went to Hofstra. So did John Rooney. And so, man, I am so pumped about him. Had a chance to talk to him. He is just a wonderful young man. Right there, look at that. Oh, that's painful. Matter of fact, he said that hurt pretty bad himself. So, John Rooney, how about this? His ERA on the year. Despite the fact that he's hurting pretty good, I'll bet he'll take it tonight because his ERA is 172. His whip is 096, and he has 20 strikeouts to just two walks on the year. So, wow. John Rooney, great job. Keep up the great work. Hope to see him 
in Oklahoma City soon. Jordan Leiser went two scoreless yesterday for Double A Tulsa. He gave up no hits. He had no walks and no strikeouts. That was just a weird looking line. I looked at that. I'm like, okay, no runs, no hits, no walks, no strikeouts. That was just a weird looking line to look at. You know, kind of crazy. Leisure has not allowed a hit or a run in his last three outings. His whip this month is just 050. And I'm telling you, when this guy goes on heaters, meaning he hasn't given up, you know, he gets hot, he doesn't give up runs, he totally dominates. As a matter of fact, I like to call him Ivan Drago because when he goes on those heaters, it's like he's not even human. With that slider you see right there, that four-seam up in the zone, and he just never gets bothered by anything. He has that high leverage type mentality where it just never seems like his blood ever boils. So Jordan Leeser, another one of those young men, buy stock on him. I'm telling you, he is really, really good. Left-hander out of Oklahoma State, Justin Robleski, better known as Robo, was absolutely on point again Sunday afternoon for High A Great Lakes. He went five innings. He gave up just one run, three hits. That's the young man you're seeing on your screen right here. He had six Ks. Robleski has allowed just one run in his last three starts. That spans 12.1 innings. In that stretch, he has an average against of just 185. As far as the Loons go, they did drop their game today, 3-2. to two. They scored one in the fifth and one in the sixth. Austin Gothier, he had a hit. He's 389 in the year. His OPS is 1069. Damon Keith had another hit. He's been hitting the ball better as of late. Taylor Young had a hit. Jake Vogel had a hit. And Luis Diaz in the Robleski started. He went five innings we talked about. Gave up just the one run on six Ks. Jermaine Rosario, he came in and he pitched for high A Great Lakes, three innings. And he gave up a couple of runs. And then Michael Hobbs finished by going, you know, actually towards the end, pitching at the end. And he was on the mound when Great Lakes actually lost the game. So going back to Justin Robleski, Got a chance to see him a lot at Oklahoma State. I can tell you, you know, he had the Tommy John surgery. Also, he got hit by a car when he was younger. So it's just been stop and start for him. You know, he started at Clemson, transferred to JUCO, then went to Oklahoma State. So he kind of likes that small town environment. So it's curious to see how, you know, he enjoys this. He's from, you know, the northern, a little bit north of Atlanta, about an hour and he, you know, he's kind of was drawn to that smaller type environment, but he's enjoying being in the Dodger system. Okay, so the further I've been saying it, you know, the further he gets away from that Tommy John, the more better, the better command he's going to get. He's already 96. Look at that looping slider right there. Fantastic pitch up at the top of the zone right there. It's easy power, man. This dude's 96, and there is more in the tank for him. Justin Robleski, and there are four really nasty pitches in his bag and his pitch mix right there. Look at that little cutter on the outer half, just kind of hitting the back door that, with that late, subtle movement. Very good pitch, and he throws that same tunnel fastball, and the hitter's like, wow, I cannot believe he just located that pitch like that, and it gets right on top of lefties right there. He's very good against lefties. Look at that. I mean, just pulling off the ball late on the fastball. Doesn't see the ball very well. So, Justin Robleski, I am huge on this young man, better known as Robo. The Rancho Cucamonga Quakes went for two, and they did not get it. They dropped their game today, 13-12. to I kid. I kid. Boy, Rancho, both teams actually stocked in the ports. Came out on fire. Stockton scored three in the top of the first. Rancho, they responded with two in the bottom. And then Stockton scored three again in the top of the second. Rancho answers again 
with two in the bottom of the second. Then Stockton scores two in the fifth. Rancho answers with three in the bottom of five. So it was a slugfest. Then a seventh, Stockton scored three. In the eighth, Rancho scored four. In the end, you know, it went to the ninth, 13-12. Rancho could not score. They lost that game 13-12. Again, hitting leaders for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. J.D. Alonzo, he had a hit. He went one for five on the afternoon. Had a couple of RBI, ribeye stakes, a couple of RBIs. And Chris Newell, he had two hits. He had an RBI as well. He also had three walks. So Chris Newell was on base five times. Theron Lorenzo, he had a hit and a walk. So he's on base twice as well as Jorge Puerta. He had a hit and a walk. And then Dayton Dooney, who's been playing very good offense as of late. He also had a hit as well. And then and then Cameron Decker, he had two hits as well for the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. Ten hits in total and 12 runs. Typically speaking, when he scored 12 runs, not always in the California League. You never know exactly what's going to happen in that league. But anytime you pound out 10 hits and six walks and score 12 runs, you think you're probably going to win. But the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes did not. The Quakes used one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight different pitchers on the afternoon and gave up 13 runs. I won't bore you with the details with all the runs that all the Quake pitchers gave this afternoon, but I will just say, again, they lost 13-2. to The Quakes are in action, or excuse me, the Quakes are now 23-10 and on the year in the California League. So there you have it. There's our show for you today. I told you it was going to be a busy show. And how about the sweep for the Dodgers? And how about the six-game sweep for the AAA Oklahoma City Dodgers over the Round Rock Express AAA affiliates of the Texas Rangers? So that was fantastic. You know, and the AA Tulsa Drillers, they went 5-1 and one over the weekend. So did the Great Lakes Loons and Rancho Cucamonga as well. So it was a great week of baseball. It brings an end to the week for the minor leaguers because they have the scheduled off day on Monday. The L.A. Dodgers, they will take on the Minnesota Twins again tonight, and that is Noah Syndergaard on the mound for the Dodgers. So super excited about that. Can't wait for it. Okay, so hey, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I also hope that you tune in tomorrow. And before we get out of here, one last reminder that we do now have the ability to donate to Dodgers Daily if you'd like to help Dodgers Daily by donating, we have the link to our GoFundMe account in the description. Scroll down the description, find that link, click on the link, and it'll take you to the Dodgers Daily GoFundMe account where you can help Dodgers Daily by donating. Also, if you like this video and if you like this kind of content, click that like button, leave a comment, tell all your friends about Dodgers Daily, share this video, and then become a subscriber. And after you subscribe, click that notification bell, turn on your notifications. That way, every time Dodgers Daily releases a new video, you'll be notified and you won't miss a thing. Dodgers Daily will keep growing and we can keep doing what we love to do, which is providing videos and content like this in the future. As always, thanks for tuning in and go Dodgers. Beat the Padres. They've done it five times in a row.